the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With me, your co-host, Sebastian Gorka, host of the America First radio show and the Gorka Reality Check every Sunday on Newsmax with our very, very dear friend, the Baron, as the co-host. You know him as Boris, Boris Epstein, former strategic advisor to the Trump campaign. He is with us, I think. Boris, are you there? I'm right here, and I'm excited, excited to be here, my friend. Great to be with you. And great to be pushing forward with our now what year and a half almost going podcast? Uh year and a year and a month, year and two months maybe, like episode where are we? Episode uh, fifty eight, something like that, fifty seven. What do you think, Eric? Does that sound right? I think this might actually be episode number sixty. Whoa, nice round number. Episode sixty, we'll check. It's just too many. It's just too many. But it's so many that we have we have a dastardly plan. A dastardly plan to reinvent this podcast. Why? Because the the maelstrom that is occurring in domestic politics with the selection of a new, new chair for the conservative, the Republican conference on Capitol Hill with elections a year away and presidential elections in 2024. So uh, Boris and I have been plotting and we will unveil the new battle for 1600 imminently. But we have to talk about breaking news in this episode. First things first, we've got to talk about the biggest stories first. Uh, Boris, uh, uh, how, how are you going to proceed? What, what will you do next now that Ellen DeGeneres has cancelled her show? Well, Steve, here's the problem. I just don't know. You know, you hear my voice breaking up. <laughs> and, and, and just, you know, my afternoons, my afternoons, Steve. Now I'm going to just have to tape the view and watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> I just don't know what I'm going to do. You don't know how you can survive. You'll have another cigar. You'll have an extra cigar. I think you'll manage. You know, I will tell you, in terms of it, 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 you said something that is often on my mind. I don't remember the last time I'll, I allowed myself the luxurious treat that is an afternoon cigar. As, you know, because we're all busy, right? We're all running around. We're all 15 calls behind and a million text messages and putting our phone down for half an hour during the day is in itself is a, a major benefit. But I am thinking that I'm going to pick a day, maybe as soon as next week, and sometime in the afternoon, two, three, I'm going to spark up and just let the world come to me. I did it three days ago on the way to work. 
But see, I can't do that. So okay. no, no, hang on, hang you on, are... hang on, hang on. You need the full details. Let, let, let me give you all the details. Hey, I didn't get hey, one hey. of my massive 65-gauge two-hour cigars out. That's a little bit, you know, during the daytime before lunch, it's not a wise move. But here, here's the exciting, really exciting news. So I had to travel, as you know. I, I went traveling a week ago. My wife had a family reunion, had to go to the heart of liberalism, had to go to Bend, Oregon. And they had an incredible cigar. Little, little one, but a superb cigar. So how did I know that? There is a brand of cigarillos that I have only ever been able to purchase in Italy, especially in Rome. They're called Garibaldi's, and they're as hard as a rock. They're like, they, you look at them, you think that's a twig. No, it's a cigarillo. All the guys in Italy smoke them. They're inexpensive, but taste superb. And I'm in the middle of Oregon in a little cigar store. Not only do they have the Garibaldi's, they have a display case of four different varieties, including coffee-flavored ones. And that's what I had as a late morning cigar. And it was, we got, we got to get you back in the swamp, my man. You got to try one of these Garibaldi's, Boris. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the swamp next week. And, and I, I think we should schedule a time for us to, to smoke. But here's my problem. See, you are uh, truly the definition of a gentleman's gentleman. A gentleman's gentleman. <laughs> You're a, you are... You know, you personify that toughness, okay? I'm just a Jewish kid from, from, from Russia and then New York. My problem is when I start smoking a cigar, a cigarillo, it goes to the head. And I really am not that... Hang know, on, hang on. Even, it, even a little panatella or a half corona? Don't... Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know because I don't, I don't smoke them, you know? If I'm getting in a smoke, I like to get You're going to go for a real a serious cigar? Torpedo or a bomb. Okay, well, Monty see, that, that, that's, that's your mistake. So, so uh, we're going to get on to politics in a second, I, I, I promise you. You know how bad the, <laughs> My son is 22, okay? Because his, his uh, uncle, my brother-in-law, who got me into cigars, is a massive cigar guy. And my son worked for him age 17 as a sous chef in his kitchen. And he used to treat him with cigars afterwards. My son, early 20s, loves cigars already. Okay, he's already at that point. You know what he does? This is Because when he's home, we smoke cigars together. He'll have a big torpedo with me, okay? And if we sit together, we're usually together for two, three hours, watch a movie, wax philosophical... And between large cigars, he'll have a cigarillo. That's how serious my son is, age 22. He'll say, Dad, I need a break now. Let me have a cigarillo. Okay, see, that is, that is a true old school smoking. Right? What I, here's what I do, okay? I do it my own way. I sit, I, and that's why I do it in the evenings. I sit, I let the world come to me. One of the best times, and I, and I'm, I hope that this common friend of ours is not going to mind me, mind me uh, telling the story. A few weeks ago, I had an unbelievable experience. On Friday evening, on Shabbos, American hero Bernie Carrick came by my house when I was down uh, in an undisclosed location, let's put it this way. Uh, hence, same state as Mar-a-Lago. And I was down in, uh, in, that, in that beautiful sunshine state, and Bernie Carrick came by. And we sat outside, and he didn't partake, but I took out one of the big Hoya de Monterey's, and I smoked it. From, he, do, he doesn't uh, smoke you know. cigars? Bernie Carrick, tough man extraordinaire, former commissioner of NYPD? 
Bernie Carrick is so tough, he doesn't need to drink or smoke to be tough, okay? <sighs> See, you're halfway there. You don't drink. Me, you know, I drink and smoke, right? <laughs> so I had Widow Jane bourbon, which, by the way, I've been dipping into lately, and I've really been enjoying bourbon with my cigars, not and not just single malt, okay? I don't get so, bourbon. I, you know, when I used to drink single malt all the way. No, it's sad. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, what's that to get? I used, well, if you, get, if you like single malt, how, how can everything else is just, you know, well, here's pedestrian. Is I agree with you generally, but this Widow Jane, a, a rather, let's put it this way, rather expensive upmarket bourbon, truly reminds me of a great, great single malt with a couple of extra twists. It's not an imitation. It's a, it's a different take. So I had a big Hoya de Monterey cigar. I had Widow Jane Scotch. And on a Friday night with an American hero telling me and my wife stories that only he can tell okay, about this his is experiences. Freaky. So th- this, this is freaky. I, we, <laughs> this is absolutely freaky because we didn't rehearse any of this. Before I went to the cigar store in Bend, I stopped at a bookstore. What book did I buy? Don't tell me. It was Bernie's book? It was Bernie's book. What are the chances? Bernie's book that I've been talking about for ages, because when he comes on the show, I mention it by way of introduction, but I've never had a copy of it. It's there. It's called uh, The Lost Son, A Life in Pursuit of Justice. And, I, 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 you know, I don't, I'm not getting a penny to pay this. I didn't rehearse any of this. I hate autobiographies as a rule. I can't read them. I've read maybe three in my life. That weekend, those two days, I, honestly, Boris, I couldn't put it down. His story of how he grew up in a broken home, his mother was uh, a, a drunk, how he uh, ran away from home with his best friend, hitchhiked across the country, ended up at the age of uh, 18 in the military police in Korea, became a black belt jiu-jitsu uh, martial artist, and then ends up as as uh, Rudy Giuliani's right-hand man as the 40th a New York police commissioner, guys. If you want a roller coaster ride of a story that is real, you've got to read Lost Son. And, and Boris, if you haven't read it, read it. I am absolutely going to read it, and I can tell you. And, and you know, I think it's obvious to the audience. Both you and I feel very strongly about uh, about our friend Bernie. Bernie Carrick is a true American hero, a great man, a nice man, and a a, a very, um, uh, you know, I'd say, an energizing personality. Yes. And what he went through on 9-11, but also his experience in Iraq as the Minister of Defense, and then... Uh, Minister, Minister, Min- of, uh, Minister, Minister of Interior. Minister of Interior, Interior yeah. sorry, Minister of Interior, right. Yeah. The head of security for the country. And then the way he was railroaded by the disgusting liberals, including Preet Bharara, you know, Holder and others is just so despicable and speaks to the misuse of justice by liberals and the establishment in this country. And for him to get through that, come out and be stronger on the other side is unbelievably commendable. So to any of you who don't know Bernie Carrick's story, learn Bernie Carrick's story. And it is so unbelievable that you're right. We don't rehearse any of this. Mm -hmm. The fact that here I am talking about a great, night of conversation for me a cigar and some bourbon and for Bernie some coffee and water 
and 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 here were you, maybe even the same time, picking up his book. You know, that's in 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 my people we say that's kismet, right? Yeah. That's something that well, look, that is you know happens there, across. There, there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences. All right, guys, cigars, single malt, maybe some bourbon. But definitely, Bernie Kerrick's book, The Lost Son. Let's get down to business. First order of the day. We're going to mention this on the radio show as well today. Our old boss, DJT. President Trump is restarting his rallies in June and July. As we talked about. Yes. How excited are you? I am over-the-top excited. This is what the MAGA movement needs. President Trump is coming out and he's continuing to make the statement and you saw this in the house this week that the MAGA movement is the lifeblood of the Republican Party and he's the unquestionable leader of the MAGA movement. So where's it going to be? Is it going to what do you think if you had to bet? Is it going to be Florida? Is it going to be Texas? Is it going to be one of the free states outside of Florida and Texas? If you were a betting man, where are those first couple of rallies going to be? I think Florida is very likely. Yep. I think you could see something maybe even out, you know, out west in an in a state that's open the right way, Texas. Hey, maybe he visits Arizona yes. with the audit that's going Maricopa on. Maricopa County. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd like to hear from the president. So, uh, you know, this is vital that he's going back out there. The president. It's so interesting. The mainstream media and big tech are, have done so much to try to silence him. Right, Twitter. The Facebook fake oversight commission, as we talked about last week, a complete joke. But the president, with his statements, with his comments, with his appearances, now with his rallies, is breaking through more than ever. The more they try to silence him, the more loud he gets. And I think that is only going to continue and get louder with these rallies that are coming up. All right. Well, we're we're going to be retooling this podcast to be in support of the uh, the MAGA phase two. Find out more next week. It's super exciting. But let's talk about the the yes. MAGA events of just the last well today and the last three days. Uh, we we have to go deep dive on this stuff. So today we we had the vote just after just before we recorded uh, this podcast. We have Elise Stefanik is now the third highest ranking Republican on Capitol Hill. She's now the conference chair for the Republicans in the House. After without any dissension, any speeches made in uh, on her behalf, after Liz Cheney from Wyoming was removed from that position, a, a woman who, just for the record, after that vote said that she's going to do everything in her power to make sure that the man who received 74 million votes last November never comes back to the White House, which is a rather a fascistic kind of thing to say. Um, I, there's two ways to look at this, and I want you, Boris, as the co-host, to be the, the sanity check, to, to be the sounding board. What I've been hearing is two different things all week. N- number one, uh, MAGA is back. We had, uh, I think it was Louis Gohmert on the show yesterday who said, this is, this is MAGA is back. It's a great sign. This is, uh, Lauren Bobbitt said, uh, I think this morning on Twitter, this is undoubtedly now the Donald Trump Republican Party. And on the flip side, and I can see where this analysis uh, germinates from, we have those who say, um, not really a huge improvement. She may have shown a bit of gumption, a bit of moxie, a bit of chutzpah 
in uh, in the uh, impeachment proceedings last year and in in January. But but this woman who is now the conference chair, Stefanik, has a, a pro- what does the left say problematic voting record, especially when it comes to uh, Trump policies. So. Uh, where, where does the Baron stand in all of this? Yes, Cheney had to go. How much of a victory is this for the America First MAGA movement in your eyes? It's a major victory. It is a major victory for the movement. And it's a victory because, A, Liz Cheney was stabbing the MAGA movement in the front and the back. Right. Liz Cheney is someone who pretended to be with us and then just come out and try to do anything and everything she can to denigrate President Trump and the MAGA movement, which is about 90, 95% of the Republican Party. Okay, A. B, Elise Stefanik, I, thought, I, I actually had the pleasure of working closely with her when we did our pushback to the Democrat National Convention. Remember, we did that show every day from the campaign's headquarters, from the war room. Oh, yes. Elise Stefanik took the time came from the Hill to Arlington, and she was with us at 11 p.m. live there to respond. She showed to me there how committed she was to defeating Joe Biden, the re-election, uh, the re-election of President Trump. You think Liz Cheney would have done that? Absolutely not. And then Lee Stefanik was also on a panel for us with Lee Zeldin and... Um, Lovely Zeldin. And, and Mike Huckabee on on the importance of the relationship between the Trump administration, you know, the work of Jared Kushner, Avi Berkowitz, the great work they did on the Abraham Accords. So she was there talking about it again, invited and showed up. Okay, and then most importantly, Lee Stefanik stood up, was there when it came time to the two sham impeachments, and it came time to pushing back on all of the voter irregularity, voter fraud, election fraud that we know happened so you know while chip roy may have you know nine and and liz cheney may have over 90 percent scores from the club for growth and heritage all that is outdated 1990s 2000s conservative establishment thinking that is and to those to those maga voices who say there are certain issues that were serious maga votes that she didn't vote uh with the president what's the response to those people well, we got to look at issue by issue. Okay. Now, on some things, you know, she's the representative of upstate New York. So on the salt tax, for example, I believe Lee Zeldin also didn't vote that way, okay? But didn't, didn't vote with the president on, on, the, on the specific salt tax issue. So, and you know, there's another agricultural issue in there as well. So, again, we the, the MAGA movement cannot be the movement of 1,000% purity, right? That's not what we are. No, that, the that, that's, movement, that's the left, right? <laughs> that's exactly. That's the left. And frankly, that's sort of the old school Paul Ryan cut everything conservative. Okay? What we are as the MAGA movement is blue collar manufacturing. We are the, you know, we are for fair trade. We are for pushing back on China. So this, this is important. And, let, me, let, me, let me butt in here. So is that because it, this is really the, the most exciting question for me at the moment is that because moving away from the paul ryan boehner established republican party we're moving towards a best working class 
Republican Party. I want to be able to put, you know, labels because I think the old left right doesn't break down. It doesn't function at, at this point. Are we talking You're about a populist right. republic? Is MAGA is MAGA different because it's it represents the working class and it's populist, or is that an oversimplification, Boris? You know, any of these any of these titles, names, labels are going to be a bit simplified, right? But if you, but we have to look at it in terms of the new political map. The new political map isn't just conservatives versus you know versus liberals. The political map, as you said, is the working Americans, the blue collar Americans, but also the you know, the the, uh, the white-collar Americans, but those who are concerned of, by the takeover of too much of our economy by China. So it's a, actually a mix of a populist movement and somewhat a, a and I'm Jewish, I'm going to say this, don't everybody go nuts, a nationalist movement, but nationalist in terms of standing up for our nation, standing up for America. That's what it is. It's, it's nationalist, populist versus, frankly, globalist. Right. And these are some of the terms we were using in the early days of the White House. Right? right. These are the terms that were used on President Trump's way to the White House when he was candidate Trump. That is where we are. That is where we stand. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that somebody at least like Elise Stefanik and you see the arc in her political uh, in, in her political um, story. Right. In, in, in her political career up to now. And by the way, how impressive she's two years younger than me. She's 36 years old. Yeah. And this is somebody who's now the number three person in the House GOP, GOP caucus, the conference chair. So you see that arc. And that arc is from somebody who is more, more of a traditional conservative to now who is somebody who's a true MAGA conservative. Not Club for Growth, which is all about just, hey, let's cut taxes for big corporations who then are going to get woke and, and, and tell us like Coca-Cola <laughs> that it's bad to be white. Right. Right. These are, this is standing up for the American worker, standing up for our police, standing up for our military, our veterans, standing up for the salt of the earth. Americans who make this country the great the great nation that it is, who make this country what it, you know, the entity, the country that your family and you and my family and me were were dying to come to and, and came to. That is the story. That is the, you know, that is what America is. And I think Elise Stefanik is representative of that. And by the way, all that talk about, you know, oh, the MAGA movement doesn't have any women, doesn't have women, any women <laughs> from the suburbs. How are we doing now, people? How are we doing now? Yeah, we, we, we had that uh, New York Congresswoman, um, Tenny, right? Tenny on the show yesterday. Yeah. I like her. I like yeah, her. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's Me she's too. she's in that you know genuine non-politician mode. So yeah, th things are happening. Things are exciting. I think, and I tweeted this out yesterday. I think everybody's going to if we're go not even going to remember this woman Liz Cheney's name three weeks from now. Who? <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, you're talking about Dick Cheney's daughter, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, she's going to do everything she can to prevent President Trump from ever being near the Oval Office. I hope she does as good of a job at that as she did at remaining conference chair. Right. All right. Okay. Let's 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 flip the switch. Let's look at what's happening on the other side of the aisle or uh, on the other side of the city in the White House.
disaster after disaster after disaster. Gas stations empty. Ninety, I think by this morning it was ninety-seven percent of gas stations in DC have no gas. The gas station outside my house empty yesterday. No gas at all in Richmond, Virginia. Seven dollars six ninety-nine for a gallon of gas yesterday. Um, is the the removing of the mask mandate? Is this a, a distraction? Is this meant to placate Americans? Because we were told, we were told, this is interesting, Boris. We were told just a week ago, two weeks ago, no, a week ago, by Fauci that daily daily cases of COVID have to drop beneath 10,000 for us to take masks off. Guess what they were yesterday, Boris? Do you know what they were? Tell me. 37,000. The day, the day that we, we, we said as a nation, no more masks, it was almost four times the amount that Fauci said is safe. So uh, are they science deniers, Baron? They are political hacks, is yeah. what they are. That is what they are. That is what they're, fo- they're focused on. And they see that this country is falling apart. Their politics are falling apart. Their policies are falling apart. And and now they're trying to fix up anything they can they can get their hands on in terms of trying to trying to switch the conversation, trying to switch the topic. But it ain't working. It ain't working. The American people see the failure that this administration is, failure all across the board on cybersecurity, failure on border security, failure on international security, failure on the economy. One of the worst, if not if not the the most disastrous first 100-plus days in American history of a presidency. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely despicable. And whoever's running the White House, Susan Rice, Ron Klain, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They're doing a terrible job. There are gas lines. Gas prices are skyrocketing. It is an absolute quagmire. I uh, I posted this as well. I thought it was uh, slightly uh, more than ironic that a week ago, Biden visits Jimmy Carter, and within seven days, we have gas lines again in America for the first time in 50 years. Isn't that uh, rather, rather ironic? I saw that tweet. I loved it. I thought it was a little cheeky. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, what, how, what do they do to the, to the Carters in that picture? Why are they so little? Uh, that is the question. They say it's a lens. I don't know. I don't buy it. And why are they not wearing masks? Very, very strange. Very, very strange. So what happens in the near future? You saw the video yesterday of President Biden. He did not look too healthy. I have to ask you, how long do you think it's going to be until cackling Kamala takes over? What's, what's Boris's gut telling him? My gut's telling me that it's going to be sooner rather than yes. later. I mean, he... He really seems like he's in bad shape. I think this guy, I think Biden is definitely not in control. You know, and, and, you know, the most, the terrible thing is that these Democrats knew it. They knew it all throughout the election and they lied to the American people, tried to cover this up. And now we have a, a country without a leader. We are rudderless. We are rudderless. I wrote about this, what, a month and a half ago now, and it's only getting worse. This is absolutely reminiscent of those Soviet Union years of the late 70s, early 80s, when they had the Brezhnev and Dropov Chernenko years, absolutely, uh, completely decrepit leadership. And that's what we have now in the United States. It's sad, it's dispiriting, and it's hurting America every single day. And guess what? Kamala is only going to be worse because she literally has no idea what's happening. 
So we we are right now in a in a country, and I'm sad to say this because you know me to be an optimist. We are a country in free fall. But the good news is President Trump is coming back, and there will be ready, there will be rallies as soon as we have the details. Yes, we sir. Will, we will share them with you. But here's the big news: we're turning the battle for 1600 into a MAGA machine. We're going to unveil the new podcast in the next episode. But Boris, the Baron and myself will be introducing you to the candidates that will make MAGA stronger, to the villains we have to primary, the Democrats that we have to defeat, and also the issues that are going to propel Donald Trump back into the White House. Are you excited, Baron? I'm overjoyed. I'm looking forward. I'm excited. I think this is going to be exactly what we need. And, and, and this podcast is going to get stronger and stronger. And the new version is going to be something that the audience is absolutely going to love and going to see that it's necessary as we get ready for 22 and 24. You won't find it anywhere else. This will be the MAGA America First podcast. Share it. Send us your thoughts. We have our DMs open on Twitter. I'm Sebastian Gorka, Seb Gorka on Twitter. He's Boris EP, Boris underscore Epstein on Instagram. Boris, until next time. Time for a cigar. God bless. Have a great weekend. <laughs> God Good bless. Good Shabbos. Bye-bye.